0: This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Pretty Nitty Jewelry. Visit them online at www.prettyknittyjewelry.etsy.com. Hi, this is Alana and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting podcast. Hello everyone! This is episode 22. Thank you as always for joining me. I'd like to start off this episode by announcing last episode's drawing winner. Everyone who left a comment under the show notes for episode 21 was entered to win a skein of the Spud & Chloe sweater yarn in the color of their choice, as well as a copy of my pattern Chloe. I entered all of your comments into the random number generator online, and the winner of the drawing is Amanda. Congratulations! So Amanda, when you hear this, please get in touch with me. Unfortunately, I don't have any of your contact information. So just please email me at nevernotknitting@gmail.com at or contact me on Ravelry where I can be found as Never Not Knitting. So I have lots of other great stuff that I'd like to share with you for this episode. But first, I'd like to tell you a little bit about what I've been knitting lately. The past few weeks have been rather busy for me. I've been working on a few new little design projects, and those are turning out good. For one of the projects, I'm using Spud and Chloe sweater yarn, which of course I love. But I have to confess to you, I'm a little bit disturbed by this one. Now. Now don't get me wrong here, the yarn is fabulous. I've been knitting a lot with it lately, and if you listened to the last podcast, you'll know that I really do like this yarn. So for this design project, I picked out a really pretty olive green color. It's dark and kind of muddy looking. There's definitely some brown in it, but it's olive green, just the same. So I was looking at this lovely color online, dreaming about what it would become, and then I happened to notice the color name, chipmunk. Now I don't know about you, but if I saw an olive green chipmunk running around, I would totally freak out. I mean, kind of scary, right? So I just thought that was kind of funny and maybe i'm just totally ignorant perhaps there are green chipmunks in other parts of the world i don't know but despite the perplexing name issue the yarn is great and i'm enjoying working with it once again i guess i'm just discovering that color names really do make a difference to me i love it when the names evoke emotion or inspire ideas and I guess I'm realizing that I'm just against animals being thrown into the mix altogether. As another example, Knit Picks carries a yarn in the color squirrel heather. The area that I live in happens to have a large ground squirrel population. And mostly the squirrels that I see around are unfortunately on the side of the road, not moving. So although the color squirrel heather is not bad in itself, the name is just not really my favorite. I guess that I just don't want to compare my yarn color choice to a member of the rodent family, but I have to admit the idea of green chipmunks has been rather entertaining, but that's just me. So because I've had these design projects on the needles constantly, so it seems, decided that it would be good to start a few personal knitting projects as well. You see with designing I'm always stopping to write something down or I'm measuring or I'm counting and this makes these projects not really ideal for those times that I'm just mentally exhausted when I've had a really long day or when I'm sitting in the car. It's not exactly convenient to always bring your notebook, pen, and measuring tape with you. And I was just finding that during these times when I didn't want to work on the design projects that I just wasn't knitting altogether. And there's nothing worse for me than sitting around without a knitting project. But now that I have some personal knitting projects on the needles and available during those times, I'm getting a lot more knitting accomplished and it's making me a lot happier. It's just so relaxing to follow another person's pattern and it really just does not take as much mental energy on my part. Also, I'm keeping these personal projects on a small side, that way they can be convenient and portable traveling companions for me. So the first project of this kind that I started was a chevron scarf pattern that I love with two different colors of Koyu yarn. One variegated and one solid. This is the yarn that I bought on my Portland trip, and I really, really like these colors when I picked them out at the shop. I was expecting great things. Fantastic things. These colors were really pretty. But unfortunately when the colors were knitted together, side by side, it really became quite tragic. The scarf truly was hideous and unfortunately it needed be done away with. But I have not yet given up on this pattern. I have a really pretty green sock yarn in my stash that I'd like to try against the variegated koigyu sometime. I think it'll be so much more of a pleasing color combination. So honestly, that whole ugly scarf knitting and murdering really put me in a bad mood. So next, I just really wanted to knit something that I knew would turn out fabulous. So that's when I started on my rose red hat. And that hat really turned out to be a perfect project for me. I couldn't be happier with it. The marriage between the pattern and the yarn was ideal. The yarn I used, Sublime Angora Merino, is a really pretty color. It's not really a true red or a pink. It's kind of in the middle. Color is very reminiscent of a really pretty red rose you would find in your garden. So it turned out to be very fitting with the pattern name. So basically, the knitting of Rose Red was a dream. It was very entertaining. And the finished hat is just awesome. The floral pattern that the design creates is just truly gorgeous, and I'm just very happy I made it, and I would definitely recommend this knit. So after Rose Red was finished, I decided to make the ribbit pattern that I mentioned in episode 21, and this is a little knitted stuffed frog toy for my daughter. So if you remember, this little frog is made from Spud and Chloe sweater yarn in the grass colorway which I had about half a skein of left over from my Chloe sweater just sitting there in my stash. And the pattern also calls for a tennis ball to serve as the body stuffing so that the frog bounces when you toss him around. While I was thinking about how much I loved this little frog one day, I stumbled upon a tennis ball in my laundry room cupboard. So of course, between the tennis ball in the leftover yarn in the exact colorway the pattern called for, I just decided to go ahead and cast on. And after only three sessions of knitting, he was completely done. And wow, I must say, he is pretty cute. I would say that this pattern was easy, and it definitely went fast, but as with other toy patterns, ribbit involved a lot of piecing together and seaming which isn't exactly as fun as the knitting part but it was crucial for his construction so that all of the cute little details like his adorable little frog toes could be included sometimes we just have to sacrifice for the sake of cuteness you know i was really hoping that ribbit would use up the rest of my grass colorway in this yarn because i can't stand partial skeins but even after using this yarn in the Chloe sweater, and knitting the frog, I still have yarn left over. I could probably make another frog because he only took such a small amount of yarn, but I might just keep this yarn around for the future because I would love to someday knit Susan B. Anderson's little watermelon hat, which also calls for this colorway on the brim. Since I have a friend who's going to be having a baby girl soon, I should use this yarn to make this hat since it would be just a really quick little baby gift. But speaking of using up scraps, for Ribbit's face, instead of embroidery thread, I used up just a small amount of some of my panda silk black sock yarn that I used ages ago when I made the evening stocking pattern. I've used this yarn so much for embroidery work. Over and over again, and I still have a ton left. So I'm kind of glad I ended up with this partial skein all those months ago. I guess partial skeins are not always a bad thing. They can come in handy later on. Well, that's pretty much the update. Now I think it's time for me to...
1: Bring on the product reviews.
0: In this episode, I will not be reviewing a yarn, but instead a knitting tool a 100 row counter designed by Pam of Pretty Knitty Jewelry. I first came in contact with these counters when Pam sent me one as a gift a few months ago and it was really cute because it had a little green sweater charm hanging off of it and she said that she designed it just for me because as you know I have a bit of an addiction to knitting green cardigans so I've used this little counter and I was really impressed with the design. The counter is composed of 10 little rings attached to 9 little beads with a decorative charm hanging off the end. The way it works, however, is very clever. This counter is placed onto your knitting needle while you're knitting to help you keep track of how many rows you've completed in your project. When you complete a row or round, you simply slip your needle into the next ring down and once you get to the bottom ring you have completed 10 rows. And now this is where the beads come in. On the beaded section is a little elastic marker that you can slide over and in between each bead. And you would slide this elastic marker every time you work down the rings and complete 10 rows. So if your elastic marker was on the second bead and your knitting needle was in the fifth ring, that would mean you've completed 25 rows in your knitting project. But why would this kind of knitting counter be more desirable than the other counters on the market? Well, for one thing these counters always stay with your knitting because it's actually on your needle so you'll never lose your place. Unlike using sticky notes which I always do and they always fall off the pattern and as far as the plastic row counters go that you click or turn every time you finish a row, I always seem to forget if I've clicked them or not. And you know how that goes. You're always wondering, okay, am I clicking the counter after I finish a row or when I'm ready to start the next row? It can get kind of confusing. So for these reasons this counter is really nice because The counter stays on your needle and you have to pass it and slip it over your needle anyways to continue knitting so you can't forget to count a new row and also you don't have to keep stopping so it doesn't interrupt your knitting flow. So I had the opportunity to use my counter when I knit my rose red hat and I really found it to be enjoyable and very easy to use and I know that I will be using it again. Each counter comes in a nice little package with complete instructions, so this would be a really nice thing that you could give as a gift to a fellow knitter. And Pam has also designed a line of Never not Knitting row counters that are styled after three of my little sweater designs. She has a watermelon one, a playful stripes sweater, and also the spring garden tea. It's very cute. So now you can knit one of my patterns and have your own little row counter to match. I'll be posting some pictures of the Never not Knitting counters on my blog within the next few days. With their matching sweaters, of course. So be sure to come and check it out. You can see pictures and find out more about the row counters by visiting Pam's Etsy shop. And that's at www.prettyknittyjewelry.etsy.com And I will be posting all of her blog and contact information in this episode's show notes. So if these row counters are of interest to you, and you'd like to give one a try, or purchase one for a friend, Pam would like to offer free shipping on all counters in her Etsy store for the Never Not Knitting listeners. Just be sure to mention Never Not Knitting in the checkout process. And this offer is available until October 1st. But you do, as always, of course, have the opportunity to win one of the counters. You have two weeks to leave a comment on my blog under this episode's show notes, and you will be entered into a drawing. I have three of the Never Not Knitting counters to give away, and I will announce all three winners on episode 23. (music) The knitting story that will be shared in this episode Was sent in by the charming podcast listener Nick, all the way from County Wicklow, Ireland. and 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 this is her story of the Joseph knitting.
2: Inclusive knitting is a big part of my knitting heritage. I consider myself to be unusual in that I have not one but two knitting parents. Both my mum and my dad have knitted all my life, and most of theirs too. I can include sewing, dressmaking, quilting, rugmaking and more stuff that I've forgotten in this too, but that's beside the point for now. Let's just say that they're pretty crafty. The upside of this, and by the way there is no downside, is that I have seen them knit or sew practically everything you can think of, and several things that just wouldn't occur to you. Hats, scarves, sweaters, mittens of course, tea cozies, egg cozies, table mats, something to keep the remote controls in line on the back of a chair, dressing gown ties, regular ties, handbags, sleeping bags and ponchos, pretty much anything. And all of this creativity is often without the use of patterns, I might add, and well before the advent of all those beautifully photographed knitting books with their tasteful beach or garden views, delightful child models and atmospheric props. A sweater pattern is likely to be written on the back of an envelope, with a tiny scribble denoting the length of a sleeve or the width of a torso. Oh, these are fearless knitters indeed, and watching them has instilled some valuable things in me. The sheer love of knitting, for instance. The magic and the infinite possibilities. Anyway, I have strayed a little from my story. Many years ago my dad decided to make a sweater for himself out of rag wool. All the bits and pieces left over from years of knitting projects, perhaps a lifetime of them, and so he knit himself a Joseph sweater, named after he of the amazing dream coat. This sweater is a thing of wonder, with more colors than you can count, not in ordinary stripes as you would expect, but in many blocks and shapes that wander about the fabric, sending out fingers of colour in diagonals, snaking round corners and crashing into other colours in a wonderful way. The original sweater was such a success that it spawned a whole family of them. Each of my siblings has one, as does my mum, of course. Hers is very special in that it has cable details made from different colours twined around each other. As time went on, we siblings found ourselves in couples and each son and daughter-in-law got one too. Oh, in vain did friends beg for a Joseph of their own. No, they had to marry into the family to qualify. By now, the designs were getting very adventurous, with piano keys up the sleeve for a musical person, for instance, letters and other motifs, and snazzy epaulettes. My hobby has one with the badge of his beloved Alfa Romeo car in the front. It's toasty warm and he wears it all the time when he's working outdoors, and I wear it when he isn't. There are also some children's ones in the collection, and a few hats, just for fun. As I've said, these wonders are knitted without a safety net, or I mean uh, a pattern. It's all done on the fly. When sleeves get too short on growing boys, just rip back the cuffs and knit an extension. Is it too tight in the torso? Just unpick the underarm seam and insert a gusset. Many's the time I've seen crafty and intriguing knit fixes on the internet or in books, and I've thought, I'm "Sure, my dad can do that." But I've never seen anything to match the creativity of the Joseph knitting. The colors are mostly strong, solid colors: navy, red, green, orange, yellow, purple, etc. And the yarns come from leftovers or from stray balls of yarn that just come in the door from nowhere. You know how that goes, right? thrift stores, charity drives, church sales, friends, neighbors, and yarn sales. They all offer up goodies to be immortalized by my father's needles. Recently I found a Joseph Berry. I can't remember if it was mine originally, but it's now in my possession. It would take some courage to wear the berry and the sweater simultaneously, but it will be a sight to be seen all right. There is a photo in existence somewhere of the whole family wearing all the Joseph's hats included. I'd show it to you, but I'd have to enter a witness protection program if my siblings got to hear of it. Anyhow, I wanted to introduce you to the Joseph Knitter. Hop on over to my blog if you want to see some of the evidence. The most recent creation is a cot blanket from my baby daughter a few years ago. It's knitted in a very chunky yarn in lovely pale green, red, navy, yellow and orange. And my mother lined it, backed it and quilted it into a heavy damask material frame, which shows it off beautifully. So that's the story of the Joseph knitting. From the original dad-sized Joseph through two generations, we come to the littlest leaf on the family tree and another token of knitterly love. And by the way, if you're wondering what colour love is, it's technicolour, and it's amazing. Now we can sing a rainbow
0: so much, Nick, for sharing your knitting story with the podcast. If you'd like to see an example of the Joseph knitting, I will be posting a link to the pictures on Nick's blog and this episode's show notes. If you listening have a story that you'd like to share on the podcast, please email me. I'm always looking for stories to share on future episodes. Again, the show notes for this podcast can be found on my blog at neverknotknitting.com. I'm also over on ravelry.com as neverknotknitting. And you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. And just because I've gotten a few inquiries about this over the past few weeks, I want to let you know that if you like the Never Not Knitting theme song, it is available for purchase and download off my blog sidebar. So with all that being said, thank you all for listening. And please join me back in a couple of weeks for episode 23. See you next time.
1: She won't even do the dishes. The houseplants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are clicking. Morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting. Her husband mad Her husband mad Pop ramen again? She just won't stop the stitching And the neighbors say it really is quite sad I don't know about her She used to be such a sweet girl But now she just knit Nobody has clean laundry No pants, no shirts, no underwear But they have closets full of sweaters and more socks than they could ever wear. There's yarn in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad I'm filing for divorce She She just won't stop stop her stitching stitching. And the neighbors say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again Oh, poor girl The Um, house is burning up in flames flames. Call 911 Her husband says Get up, let's go But she can't set down her project She says, just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad She just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had